Hey guys, this is Brandon from At The Table. I want to thank you for listening. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future content and enjoy today's show. So, Paul, I hate moving. Really? Why? I can't stand moving. Why? It's so much fun. The worst. <laughs> I mean, new place to live, new environment, new friends, new neighbors. See, it's great, man. Go back to whatever podcast it was about yeah. I'm negative, Paul's positive, because he just, he, just, he just pulled that rabbit out no, of his head again. That was, that was sarcasm right there, bro. Bro, I, me and my I wife. just finished moving. Come on. Me and my wife. So, up until we just we moved um, a year ago yeah. into our first house. Yep. And this was the first time in all the moves that we did not have a meltdown fight. Really? And this is, I, I know, congrats, thank you, thank you for because that. Because you thing. were living in a house with no air conditioning, so you were already <laughs> melted down. Is that what it is? That, what it <laughs> that was? might have been what it was. Yeah. That might have been what it was. We, we sweated out oh, all man. the anxiety. Yes. But generally, man, we would always get in these fights, Paul. Oh, yeah. Like, it would be so stupid. I mean, it didn't, we could have been going into a great time in our marriage. Yep. But when we were going to be moving, it was time to pack, like that week or so, we would be at his throat. I'm talking about like... Bad. So stressful. And it was so stupid. And we yeah. and it would be so bad that Camilla would get to the point and be like, I don't want to fight with you. <laughs> like we we would know it's coming up. <laughs> and then it would still happen. Yes. That would be funny too. But like it just and a lot of times it'd be over just stupid stuff. Pack this, put it here. Where's this gonna go? Do we wanna keep this? And you know, and if you know anything about me You need to wrap that better. I'm a purger. Yeah. Like I'm a purger. I don't like you see my office. Yeah. I don't have a lot of stuff. Right. Like I just don't I'm not a, like you are. I'm not. I'm not a guy that wants to keep. I want. I'm efficiency. Yeah. And so my wife is more. She'll keep things. Like maybe I'll use it again. And okay. so there'll yeah. be stuff that we would have from two moves ago still in the box. This never and been touched. I'd be like, yeah. I don't want to pick this up again. And so we would always have this argument and stuff like that. And eventually, over the like when we came down here from Illinois, mm-hmm. we had to get rid of stuff. Obviously, because we were we didn't know what we were going to be living in. Right. So that was a good purge. That was healthy, mm-hmm. and we we had a good time with that. I think we had a very minimal argument on stuff like that. That was not frustrating. But then when we moved from the parsonage to our house. It was really good. Like it was it was awesome because we. We we'd already whittled things down, yeah. And we also knew that we were going into this new space, yeah. That we want to like make it our own, yeah. so we didn't want to take a lot of stuff in there, yeah. And so, um, we 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 were, we had a good time getting rid of some stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you just moved, so I'm pretty sure you got rid of some stuff as well, dude. I got rid of a, a pile of clothes that will fill at the back of my pickup. It was ridiculous how much clothes I had. Of course, I've lost some weight, yes. And so there are some things that. Excuse me, that just won't fit me anymore. And so I need to get... And you don't want to fit again. <laughs> and I don't ever want to fit again. Amen. So I don't want to lay around as a temptation to get fat again. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and I think every move, it's interesting because my wife and I moved from a house we had been living in for a little over six years to this rental house that we'd been in while we were building the house. How long were you in the rental house? We were in the rental house for about uh, a year and eight months. So that, a total? Yeah. Okay. So... But it's amazing how much stuff, like we purged when we made that first move to the rental house, and then we just recently purged again (laughs) as we now have moved into our new house, which is smaller. I mean, it's right much smaller than our other house. That was part of the move was to downsize. Mm -hmm. And so, and the way the house is designed, there's just not as much wall space. There's not as much, you know, space. I mean, it's, it's, it's laid out really well. It's very functional. But we just don't need as much stuff to decorate this house as we did before. Mm-hmm. Plus, Dana's style is is changing. Her, her her way she wants to decorate is different. Mm-hmm. Plus, with this house, on every single wall, we either have shiplap, which has its own texture, so you don't need to hang as much stuff on it, or we have batten strips. 
which there again, more texture, which you just don't need as much stuff to hang. So we've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. I got rid of a lot of clothes. Dana's gotten rid of a lot of clothes in this move. And she's now going through all this home decor stuff that she just really doesn't have space for. And she's having to make some tough decisions. There's some some really cool pieces that she found in antique stores or thrift stores. And she's just a, she's great at, at being able to do that, find stuff that somebody else has thrown out and being able to put it together with other things to make something really cool looking. And so she's got some really neat stuff that she's she's struggling. You know, what do I get rid of? What do I, what do I keep? I don't really like this. But I just don't have a place for it. So I'm not going to keep it. Like she's just, she's made up her mind. Like we're not, we're just not going to keep stuff because we, if we, if we know we're not going to use it. So I think, yeah, figuring out how to, how do you purge stuff is kind of what we want to talk about today. How do you get rid of what you need to get rid of? And for both of us, it was our, it was our own choice. I mean, obviously yes. having a smaller house um, kind of forced you to make that decision. And I think mm-hmm. the move in general forces you to look at your stuff to evaluate it again. Sure, because you got to pick it up and move. You do, you do. And so you do, sometimes you don't want to do that two or three times if it's, if it's just going to go in the garbage or something like that. Right. Um, and from this week's past sermon, this Sunday's past sermon, um, we were talking about the, the, the storm had hit, that, you know, it, it, it now is happening. The storm is raging. Right. And the, the winds have blown and... Paul and his companions realize that they have to hang on for dear life. That they've actually it's survival. Mode, they've actually man. gotten to a point. I love in the story where they stop fighting. Right, they took the sail down. Yes. So they stop fighting, fighting yeah. it because they they realize that we're wasting energy hmm. trying to beat this storm. Yep. Bring it on down and let's get more balance. Let's try to get more buoyancy. Right. And just let it take us where it wants to go. So they, they basically said, we're going to hold on. Let's just ride it out. And then you said you, uh, we'll talk about this again, but you the straps, how they strap the wood because now they're trying to reinforce this ship. Yep. Like it's, it, it's supposed to take what it's on. It's supposed to be g- going through this, but just in case. It is a seaworthy vessel. Right. Under normal conditions. Correct. These are not normal conditions. So we're going to, we're going to batten down the hatches, right? right? That, yep. that, that phrase. Um, and then they get to the point where that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And then it gets us to where we're kind of talking about when we alluded to in the purge is that they actually start purging things mm-hmm. from the ship. Yep. And what I alluded to in the sermon and what we talked about, and I thought this is so profound. When you, especially back in those days, and even now, if you're in the Navy or you're in a boat, there is nothing that is not necessary on those vessels nah. because like, like an airplane, right? Yep. There are airplanes and ships. They don't have dead weight. Nah. Like it is, it is all Just about, can't efficient. Afford it. Fun- yeah. no. Yeah. And so it's all functioning and, and, and efficiency and safety. Yeah. Yep. And so it was the stuff that was on there was essential. Right. Either they were going to sell it yep. or it was going to be, it was, it was going to be used to keep them alive or it was going to be used to man the ship. Right. And so when you start chucking that stuff, that obviously is letting you know that it wasn't essential for them surviving at that moment. Right. That's a huge difference. Yes. I mean, it's not like they had some decorations <laughs> that somebody just wanted to a plasma put, TV. Yeah, put some garland on the side of the ship or something. <laughs> right. I mean, like you're saying, it, it was just, it's, it's a functioning ship. Mm-hmm. So it's designed to get people and cargo from one place to the next. And that's it. And so everything on that ship was for that function. And so therefore was deemed necessary. Yes. The human lives were deemed necessary, obviously, but also the, the equipment that was used to function the ship and move the ship from one place to the next, but then also the precious cargo that they were carrying, which was, cause this was a grain ship, right? Yep. This, this, gra- yep. this particular ship. Yep. And so they had grain. And so there was, 
things that were deemed necessary. And I think in a lot of our lives, when, when the storm starts raging in our lives, there's things that we have commu- accumulated around us, whether it's possessions or whether it's relationships or whatever it might be that we deem as necessary under normal conditions that maybe, maybe the storm changes that, that perspective. The th- yes. I think that's a really good point because, and I hadn't thought about this. You didn't even bring this in the, in the sermon because when I, when all those clothes that I just got rid of, when I bought at all one of point, them, I thought I needed all of them. Yes. And I have worn all of, all of them yes. at some point. And the thing about even thinking about that culture it had, it had their resources on there. Yeah. But they were, it wasn't like they could just get it back at Walmart. Like they had to wait through a growing season. Yeah. So I mean, when you think about that in hindsight, yes. they probably would try to push harder to sal- salvage something too because they know how much. Ba- how, They're not how jumping was- on their Amazon app as soon as they hit port. <laughs> no. And reorder. It's, yeah. it's very valuable. And then yeah. the people who they might have been even selling it for, because they, they could have been the tradesmen, right? Like, yeah. like the, the grower of the grapes was going to put his money, he'd put his product on your vessel, yeah. give you some money, you sell it, bring I mean, there was a trade route, right? So you're sure. the middleman. Right. So everybody has something to lose, reputation, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think we forget that when we look at the, the narrative, like we just get caught up in that it was a different culture. Yeah. And so, yes, for us, when we're in the middle of a storm, we're also holding on to things that we don't want to lose as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we're in a global pandemic and we're thinking about loss of life, but you're also probably looking at your 401k. Yes. I mean, you, I mean, it's just natural, right? You're still right. kind of looking at it like it takes a while for you to be able to really say, though, how how big do the waves have to be to not care about that? You know, how yeah. how high does the waves have to get to say, I really don't care about if I lose my house? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yes. If we want to go apples to apples. What is really important? Yes. What is really, truly necessary? Mm-hmm. And I think when you get to that point, in the middle of a storm, whether it's a financial storm or a relational storm or a health storm, a career, you know, or something that we're all collectively dealing with, like the pandemic, I think you have to get to places where you, it forces you to truly evaluate what's vital. Yes. And you get to a place of, instead of prosperity, you're looking at vitality. Like how, how do I just simply exist? How do I, how do I get to the next day? How do I get to the next moment? How do I get to the, to the, to the next season through this storm, because we're not talking about preventing the storm. We're talking about when the storm is in the middle of raging, when, when you've gotten the, that when you've had the, the conversation with your spouse and your spouse says, look, I just don't think this is working. We need to do something different. Correct. You know, or, or when the boss comes in and says, Hey, we just can't afford you anymore. It's time for you to go. Or, you know, when, you know, you're, you're, you find out from, through some resources, maybe looking at your kid's phone or maybe, you know, some, some friend or somebody's seen them or they get arrested and there's, there's a problem that's going on there that you didn't even really know existed. And there's a storm. So what in the, in those moments, you have to really truly understand that the things that prior to that knowledge, prior to that moment of that storm that you thought were vital. Now they're all become negotiable. And so you have to begin, begin to figure out, how, what is truly in my life, whether it's people, relationships, knowledge, resources, finances, whatever it is, what's truly going to help me get to the next place that I need to get to, the next safe harbor? And the, the thing is, is that it, has, it changes your whole entire focus. Because as, as you were talking about, a lot of times we're in a 
uh, a mode of saying that how can I thrive, right? Yeah. That Paul was on this ship headed to, they were going to Rome, right? Yes. They were headed, yeah, right, Ultimately, right, yeah. Yeah, they, they, that was the goal. Yeah, they got all over the place. Right. They, they were headed to Rome because Paul wanted to go and talk to the leader there, yep. you know, because he was hoping that through his imprisonment, he was able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so he was under the guard, and that was what's going on. Then, as you said, the grain ship was moving, and there might have been other people that were traveling. Just they, they all had their own thing, but they were all trying to think of thriving. Like, Paul was even thinking, I'm going to thrive with the gospel. Sure. And so, but there becomes a time in the storm when you are not worried about thriving, but it's just it's survival. And, mm. I, and I think that's what we're talking about is that what do you have to do then? And is there, I don't think there's a limit to what we want to try to do to survive. And we should not, it will be foolish of us to like go down with the ship, so to say. Yeah. Especially over stuff that's kind of like ridiculous. Like, like why would I, like why would I love the anchor so much that I drown because I want to save the anchor? Or why would right. I drown because I want to keep that sale or or that grain because it's not worth my life. Right. And so, like, when you realize that this is what it is, it brings everything into its importance. And then I think it brings us back to our dependency, which is to realize ultimately from the story is that God had control over the situation. Yeah. Paul knew this because God had spoken to him. Mm-hmm. But God was basically like, I'm going to protect you and save you this storm is going to have injury and loss and it's going to change you but i'm going to keep you and so you need to be focused on me and i think a lot of times that's what storms does for us is that for the unbeliever i think it's confusing and hard and just difficult for the christian i think it's confusing hard and difficult but ultimately it can point us to something ultimately it can bring us to a place where we get to the end of ourselves, even for the unbeliever too. Yeah. Cause I think you all can get to this place of, to, to the end of yourself. Just what do you do at that place yeah. for the believer? I think you get to that place of humility, the end of myself and you just cry out like Peter did, Lord save me. Yeah. And I think also as a believer, you, you know that ultimately it's going to be okay. Like eternally it's going to be okay. It, it may stink for the rest of your breathing days. Yeah. Very good point. But ultimately, it's going to be okay. Uh, and, and so I think that's the peace that we can cling to as people who follow Jesus. We, we know that even if the storm continues to rage and it takes our life, if this storm, like, like you know, one of, one of the great Christian leaders today, uh, Tim Keller, has pancreatic cancer. And it's a storm. Like, it's a, you know, there's been a lot of stuff uh, written about it. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, another great Christian leader, recently has passed away from cancer. Those are storms that, that, you know, possibly in one case did take a life and possibly could take another life. But ultimately, it's going to be okay. Like, ultimately, you can find peace as a believer in that. I think the idea that what we see, the principles from what Paul and the people on the ship with him did was they began to, to evaluate what could be thrown overboard to lighten the load to make weathering the storm more easy. And I think... That's what we need to do. I, th- I mean, just a, a simple, basic idea when people are in financial situations, financial financial difficulties. You know, a lot of times I've counseled people in that situation. They come into my office and, you know, I st- so I start asking questions. Well, well, you have a cell phone. You have a smartphone. 
You know, do you have cable TV? Do you have Netflix? Do you have Amazon Prime? Do you, you start asking all these questions, and for them, all those things have been deemed essential when they're really not. You know, a smartphone is not essential. Having no. access to the internet is is not essential. Having uh, Netflix, even if they have great documentaries, is is not essential. And so I think we have to figure out, okay, maybe if I'm in the, in the midst of a financial storm, I can jettison those things. Those things can be thrown overboard, even though yesterday I could afford them yesterday and it was fine. But yesterday they were essential. But today, they're not, they're today not, they're not. But they're not essential. No, they're not. Eating out is not essential. No, it's not. You know, you don't going on a family vacation is not essential. Right. Like I know that these sound ridiculous, like, but they're not. Like you don't you don't have to do that. Well, then the other idea too is this, you're having relational difficulties, and, and let's say a husband and a wife are struggling. The husband spends a lot of time hanging out with his boys playing golf and so that becomes a sticking point because he's spending a lot of money he's a lot he's away from home he's doing things he, involved in things he doesn't need to be involved in at at a golf course with these guys and so it becomes a, a place of contention and it's, it's disrupting his marriage he thinks in his mind playing golf with his buddies is essential it's not essential his relationship with his wife that's essential and so i think those are those are the kind of decisions you have to begin to make do I really need to do this? And when the storm comes up and it can come up in any, any of these areas. Yeah. So it can be, it could be a, a mental, a physical, relational, spiritual storm, right? Yeah. Whenever it comes and, and it comes upon us. And as, as we said all the time, intentional, unintentional, like it could be, it be, it could be because of us or, or outside of us. Right. You, you do have to realize and, and say, I think that's what, all these things rise and fall based on what you're talking about. What are you willing to call essential and non-essential? Yes. Like that's really, cause there's, there's a, there's a breaking point for everybody. Yeah. But Brandon, what are you talking about? Case in point. Jesus is talking. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. Yeah. That was a breaking point mm. at that time. Yeah. Like that, 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 that statement mm-hmm. blew a wind, right? A northeasterner into that crowd, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. We, I don't. This is this is crazy. That's just too much. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's just the fact of life. And so I think that that same principle plays itself out in all these other storms. Is that let me just let me just give you my opinion. Like I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be diplomatic and beat around the bush, but let me be blunt. Okay. Why, why would you waste time doing that? Exactly. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of that. Let me be blunt. The only storm we cannot defeat is death personally, like physical okay. death. Yeah. That's going to get us all like that wave is going to come and crash over us. And it's going to take us. The birth to death ratio is one to one. Right. Yeah. There's always the dash, right? There's a yeah. date. There's just two days in front of it. Yep. But it's already been defeated spiritually for us. If we believe in Jesus and physically. Yes. But well, but, I'm yeah. just, but yes, but I'm saying physically we're all gonna die. Sure, that's the only one. That's the only storm we can't outlive. True, true. Until eternity, okay. Yeah. Everyone else, everything else can be beaten. We tap out. Like everyone else can be beaten. Yeah. Because he's promised us up. Like like unless we don't, unless we die, we're gonna win the fight of the day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like like if you're going through, uh a hard time in your marriage. And if you're a believer, it can be restored. Yes, it can. God yeah. wants to. So you, yeah. this is what you know. Yeah. He wants to restore it. 
he will restore it. But then at the same time, it, your spouse might leave you, right? So I'm just saying, like, right. but you can still know that yeah. you did your best in that storm. But because, see, you can say that I didn't tap out, that I exactly. still came in, yep. and that I still held on to that piece of plywood and I floated in that ocean until such a time. But I'm here to say, too, though, if, if you got two people who are in major conflict, but you're just neither one willing to tap out. You will find a solution. You can you can fix that. A hundred percent. And it, and I just see people give up so easily. That's what I'm saying. Even though they both act like they want the marriage to work, I'm like, well, make it work. And I was saying normally some normally there's one. Normally, no, normally yeah. one is hotter than the other. But even even this, you see yeah. this too, Paul. If one can get piping red hot, normally the other one can be heated back up again. Yes. It, it's just hard work. Yes, it's just hard work. It takes that humility. Person is super cold. It, it takes a lot of humility, a lot of patience, and a lot of grace. But you can heat that person. You can heat it yeah. back up because that person loved you at one point. Yes. I'm, I mean, yeah. Let's cut the bull. Let's talk. What was this? Not marriage podcast. We'll, 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 this we'll talk about this because this is some of the biggest storms that we get in Christianity, right? Yeah. That person married yo silly behind for one reason or not, right? Right. And then you went off and did some stupid stuff, woman or man. Potentially, yeah. If God gets a hold of you and you repent and yep. sets you on fire yep. and you change, you're better than the person that that, that you married. Yes. So then you mean to tell me it's not possible for him again to, yeah. to, to love you? Right. It's not possible at all? That's ridiculous. Like, it, no, somebody's going to tap. Somebody's going to get fed up. Somebody's going to get tired. Somebody's going to walk away. Somebody's going to just let go, and they're going to be like, hold on, Jack. Hold on, Jack. Like in the Titanic, yeah. and he's going he's gonna to slip away. Yeah. You've seen Titanic, right? Yeah, there was room on that thing for you both of them, I think. I mean, that was so much was really selfish They showed that on, like, late-night TV. I forgot who it was. Oh, they they put the door up there. Oh, that yeah. was so much room Come up there on, for DiCaprio. DiCaprio's yeah. not even that big of a guy. And he's a young guy. And she was find, real thin. Find another tr- oh, thing and pull somebody else was, off of it. There was on. only one door in the whole, Come was it on. Atlantic or Pacific? I have no idea. I just know it's cold. It's cold war. I'm just saying... <laughs> He turned blue. Dude, he, like, he looked so cold. Yeah. He was a popsicle. <laughs> Dude, that was horrible. That's bad. Um, but don't be that. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Stay, stay on there. Yeah. He's going to sustain you. Don't let go. Same thing with your relationship with, 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 your, with your kids. Like, man, I'm telling you right now, at the time of this podcast, you know, um, I, my son is 18, and he's full of his 18-ness, mm-hmm. you know? And, and him and my mama, mama bear... Are you know you know and some other things like you know it is what it is. I'll pray but, for you. But yeah. here's the deal: I have confidence that the victory is going to be won. Of course, I have confidence that if you stay the course, it will be what it is. Because I'm trusting in Him. I'm believing that no amount of storm, no wave, no wake can can change the reality of God's promises. Mm. That it just can't happen. That. He he said it. He says that he wants me to have a good marriage. That he wants that. That he he's that that the man that finds a wife finds a good thing. Mm-hmm. He's he he you know he says that that I see that that the apostle John says there's no greater joy they have than my children walk in truth. And I I know he's talking about the people of faith, the younger. But sure. I take that for everything. I talk I take that for people younger than me. Mm-hmm. I take that for everything. Like I want to see my kids walk in truth. Yeah. More than anything, I don't. Yep. More than them having a great job, a great spouse, a great house, I yep. want them to have a great relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I know that He wants that more than me. So even though I'm in the midst of not seeing that sometimes played out, 
I don't have to get discouraged because the one who fights for me wants it more than me. Right. He's looking for me harder. Like I'm, I'm in the we're out in the sea, and the Coast Guard is coming after us, like because we're his own kids. Like he's coming after us in a, he, he is in a not, ship that's designed for the storm. Yes. Yes. In a ship that's built. He's to, coming. To handle it. Hold yeah. on. He's yeah. coming. Supplies are coming. Yeah. He's coming. And if not, like the story says, he's going to somehow get you to the get you to the island. It wasn't where you wanted to be, but it at least will allow you to regroup. Yeah, and it's going to be a mess getting there. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard work, and you got to get rid of some stuff. Like the idea that we're talking about, you got to get some things. Your life's gonna to have to be streamlined in order to really truly survive the storm. And you're gonna to have to maybe even take some things that you were applying in one area and apply them in a different direction, mm-hmm. like they did with the sail. They took the sail down. They put the sail on a on a rope and tied it and put it in the water like a water. That's sail a good point. Yeah, to help to help carry them. <laughs> yeah. you know, it created a ballast for them in yes. the midst of the of the rough waves. And so I think sometimes there may be some resources that we have that we've been pushing in one direction, and maybe we need to reallocate those resources to something else that is more productive towards helping us get through the storm. And I think those are. Those are principles that say that again. Yeah, you you just I thought that was so profound. You said that there are some things that we need to. You said reallocate resources yeah, to help re- us get reallocate to- resources towards something that's more productive towards Man, getting through the storm. That's good because it may be our energy, it may be our finances, yep. it may be some relational energy that we've had. Maybe we've been spending a lot of time investing in some people that that we've been trying to help, and now we need help. Huh. And so we don't have the relational energy to put towards their issues. And maybe we need to redirect that towards our own storm and, and figuring out how, how it is that we can move forward together in that. You can't help yourself. You can't help someone else. You help yourself first. No, nah, if you're, if your life is just falling apart, you don't have, you don't have anything to give anybody else. Really. You need right. to, you need to fix that. You need to focus on that. Whatever storm you're going through that, that needs your attention. So Paul, how would you, this, this has been a big idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, we could probably have talked about this on a couple of podcasts. I mean, how would you sum this up? Somebody's heard we kind of talked about, looked at this Paul story. They go back and look at it or they looking at their life and they're looking at the storm. And they, they kind of hear what we're talking about relationally. What is a way you could say if you could really kind of just say, OK, here's my nugget to walk away with? What would you say? Yeah, I think that when you when you look at what the people on the ship did, number one, they tried to strengthen the ship, their vessel. They tried to make sure the vessel was was able to carry the storm out. And so I think spiritually we have to be focused on our relationship with God. We have to put everything else aside and get that right first. Because if, we, if we're dealing with a storm, whether it's a health crisis or whether it's financial crisis, marital crisis, whatever it is, we, we've, we personally have to get our relationship right with God. And I think that's priority number one. We have to strengthen our vessel. Number two, we, we have to truly begin to look at to where we're spending our energy, our, our efforts, our finances, and our focus because we need we need to make sure that that all the energy that we have is going towards helping us get through the storm um and and really because we we ultimately want something left at the when the storm is over Mm. when the calm comes Mm. like we want enough left that's good to be able to pick up and go forward and to rebuild you know so there may be some things that right now you think are vital there may be some relationships right now that you think are vital, some some peripheral relationships that don't have anything to do with your storm. But maybe right now those aren't those aren't places you can invest time because you've got a relational storm that just really needs your focus and your attention. Uh, so I think honestly sitting down and praying and evaluating, asking God to show you what what do I need to remove in my life because this storm is is really defeating me and I need to remove some things and, and I, I need your your help, God, to show me what I need to remove. <laughs> 